0: Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja.
1: He is Ramses Ja? I am Q Ward.
0: You are listening to Civic Cipher. Indeed you are. And uh, today we're doing a bit of a follow-up episode. Uh, I'd say half the show we're do a follow-up episode. And the other half we are going to be discussing something that is very important. And today we are fortunate enough to be joined by Suzanne Aslam. She is the former Miss Arab USA. I just found that out and my mind has been blown. I knew her as the author of the book, Post Pardon Me. Um, but she's going to be helping us in terms of adding some perspective to the conversation we had last episode where we were discussing the conflict uh, between Palestine and Israel. and giving us some perspective and some insight into more of what it might mean to be on the Palestinian side of things, because that's something that we've lacked to Be honest uh, on the show, we've done our best to try to account for the various positions that people might take, um, to be credible and fair and balanced journalists. But, um, she's joining us today to help us, uh, answer some questions and provide some insight and hopefully, uh, help us with a space to create a little bit more empathy for all of each other. So welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs)
0: Um, In addition to that, the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about a police shooting that took place in Westminster, Colorado, that really got Q and I to have a conversation that we seldom have around here, where we start to challenge our beliefs and and question how deep they go so uh you're definitely going to want to stick around for that and so much more but first and foremost we're going to do like we always do at this time start the show off with some ebony excellence shall we we shall um this time it's some sports stuff so q do you want to take that (laughs) i love when
1: he says some sports stuff because that's just beyond his uh level of comprehension. you could just do it better yeah right um Today's Ebony Excellence brought to us by Actively Black. There is greatness in our DNA, visit ActivelyBlack.com. This story comes from LakersNation.com, wow, I just read the first sentence and it gave me pause. Mm -hmm. Set to begin his 21st NBA season, LeBron James will turn 39 years old in just a few months, but the Lakers superstar remains amongst the NBA's most elite players. Last season LeBron was once again named to the NBA's All-NBA team, hosting an average of 28.9 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 6.8 assists. Upon recently getting the news that he is officially, wow, the oldest player in the NBA, LeBron gave a hilarious response before showing off a level of athleticism that looks nothing like that of a person nearing age 40. I saw that, I couldn't do it when I was 20. <laughs> Um, Moves like that are what many Lakers fans are hoping to see more of from LeBron this year. His foot injury severely hampered him during the playoffs, but prior to that, the Lakers superstar had many moments resembling that ridiculous dunk. But he and the rest of the Lakers are focused solely on the ultimate goal of bringing the franchise's 18th championship. Wow. Um, LeBron needs just 1,348 points to become the NBA's first 40,000 point player, James also has a chance to surpass another record held by Lakers legend, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar averaged 23.4 points in the 1985 86 season, the highest ever by the NBA's oldest active player. Coincidentally, Kareem turned 39 during that season, just as LeBron will do this year.
0: Listen, yeah. he is still excellent. And he has been the whole time, so glad we had a chance to uh, shout him out. So, uh, I have been doing my best to research this war. It's it's being dubbed the Hamas-Palestine, or sorry, the Hamas-Israel War. Um, or the Israel Hamas world, I, I forget the order, but it's being dubbed that. And I believe that what that does is that paints a picture that isn't entirely accurate in terms of the res- the, the result or the the outcomes, because it, it, it kind of makes me think that it's between Hamas and Israel, which I believe in theory, that's what it is. But the people bearing the brunt of that, ends up being the palestinians
1: i think it's very intentionally mm-hmm. phrased that way okay to give those who mm-hmm. are not um who haven't done any research or who might lack information the mm-hmm. impression that that's what's happening okay so and it and it and it points the empathy toward a very specific group okay in that conflict i think intentionally
0: sure, sure. that's just my opinion though, no man. no no that's no that way an expert. that's what i was trying to say. So um, Suzanne Aslam, appreciate you Thank being you. here. Um, so before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and sort of, you're going to give us a little bit more perspective. Uh, give us an idea of your the, the walk of life that you come from that allows you um, credible perspective for the benefit of our listeners.
2: Thank you. Um, my parents are Palestinian Christians from a suburb of Bethlehem. So they came here when my mom was pregnant with me, born in Detroit. And um, uh, we've been going back ever since, back and forth. I've worked with peacekeeping organizations there. Um, My grandparents, who are still alive and still living there, I was with them in Palestine last month. They are older than the state of Israel. They remember when it was just Palestine, and they remember the Israelis coming in. Um, So our history goes back before people even before and Israel even existed. And that was our land the entire time. So for people to think that this isn't, this has been happening for thousands of years. Cause people think that yeah. because they've got the Bible and they, and they hear that, Oh, this has just always been happening. Mm-mm. There's always been occupation on that land, but it's never been like this. And Israel is a new state. Okay. Okay.
0: So um, I feel compelled to let our listener know, that the reason why today's conversation is important is because, again, I've had some conversations with some people who are Jewish. These are Jewish journalists. These are people who are, I believe, to be good people. And they can only offer so much insight and and perspective in terms of this conflict. Um, And so in sort of regurgitating what I had learned so far, um, it felt like I wasn't able to fully articulate the other side of things, mm-hmm. and and since then, a lot of the visuals since since my inis- initial conversation with uh, my Jewish friends, a lot of the visuals, a lot of the videos coming out um, that are very very sad videos of of death, and obviously. Um, we have to mention that we've seen the bodies of young children we we tried to talk about that last episode and I, I just gave up because i'm it's not it is beyond the scope of my abilities to articulate a mangled child's body on the radio i'm not just not that morbid of a person um but since learning all of this um and then of course knowing what i've known i have not been able to fully explain the other side of it i feel like there's a, a gap there that that yeah. is really important that people yeah. know about so i appreciate you come here before we get started i want us to um use a thought starter mm-hmm. in terms of our conversation mm-hmm. so what we're going to do is play a video from a gentleman by the name of ali Velshi. Uh, this is from 2021 may of 2021 on msnbc and just listen and we'll we'll get um your initial thoughts All right.
3: One thing clear, Israel has a right to exist and to defend itself. That is an indisputable fact. But so do Palestinians. And that's a fact that's often ignored. Palestinians are at best third class citizens in the nation of their birth. The idea that it's even remotely controversial to call what Israel has imposed on Palestinians a form of apartheid is laughable. One look at a current map of Israel, Gaza, and the occupied territories conjures up only one other example. Apartheid era South Africa. The Israeli government, on an ongoing basis, declares parcels of land on which Palestinians live to be either of military or archaeological importance, causing residents to be evicted. Sometimes there's a court case, and almost always the Palestinians lose. Yet months or weeks later, that same important land suddenly becomes home to a brand new Israeli settlement. As more and more Jewish settlers take over land on which Arabs live the occupied West Bank becomes de facto more Israeli and in the explicit hopes of the Israeli government more Jewish. This is a long standing attempt and a deliberate attempt to force Arabs who have lived in that land sometimes for hundreds of years out. It's an attempt to dilute their presence because to have Arabs as full participants is in the opinion of the Israeli government and their courts diluting Israel Just prior to the pandemic, I toured many of the contested areas and homes from which Arabs are being pushed out, both in Israel proper and in the occupied territories. Palestinians don't control the important parts of their lives. Palestinian families are refused permits to build or renovate their homes when they connect their homes to the municipal water supply. Israeli soldiers sometimes cut the pipes when they attempt to harness solar energy because their homes are not on the grid. Israeli soldiers literally come and remove solar panels from their homes. I spent an hour and a half traveling alongside an elderly Palestinian woman who was being transferred between three ambulances from Gaza to the no man's land in between and then into Israel to get cancer treatment. Three ambulances over the course of one mile, more than an hour to cross the border. That's how Gazans live without medical treatment because Israel prevents it without electricity much of the time because Israel prevents it. Without the ability to fish in the Mediterranean Ocean, because Israel prevents it. Without an airport or a seaport, because Israel prevents it. Like Israelis, Palestinians also have a right to exist and to defend themselves. But there is no one willing to help them do that. Not the Israeli courts, and not the U.S. government. What the U.S. also shares with Israel is the belief that Hamas, the political party that governs Gaza, is a terrorist organization that calls for the destruction of Israel hamas is supported by the majority of palestinians in gaza hamas may not be in the best long-term interests of the gazans but peace hasn't really worked out for them based with an israeli government which pens them into what has been called the world's largest open-air prison they have chosen a government that most of us wouldn't prefer one that is not given to negotiation and moderation and respect for its neighbor israel needs a new approach to the palestinians and america needs a new approach to israel After more than seven decades of not just being deprived of land from which they were evicted, Palestinian frustration runs deep. It may be worth going deeper than what you may hear inside your bubble and understanding the depth to which the Palestinian people are subject to apartheid in their own land, deprived of basic necessities and subject to relentless civil rights violations. This is not a secret. It's out there for you to see. You just have to look for it. One thing clear, Israel has a right to exist.
2: That was so well well done, so well spoken, and everything that he said conjured up images of things that I've seen. Mm. Um, first of all, when they say they have the right to defend themselves, that line really frustrates me because that's a, a propaganda line. Um, and it's also, the question is from whom? From the people that they are occupying, from the victims of apartheid and ethnic cleansing? That's who they're defending themselves from? So that line is really, really frustrating, and it's not it's it's in an ellipses. and we need to finish that sentence, and we need to really talk about who they're who they're defending themselves from. Hmm. Um, they are third class citizens. My family doesn't have a right, so we're in Bethlehem. and Jerusalem is next door. and they are not allowed to go into Jerusalem and visit their holy sites there unless they have a permit. Um, these permits are very hard to get. And when they go through the checkpoint in Bethlehem, there's two checkpoints, one for foreigners and one for, Uh, palestinians the lines are long people are trying to get into work into jerusalem if they if they do work in 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 jerusalem or in israel proper um they're subjected to the indignity that they're subjected to at checkpoints is nobody should be subjected to it they they make you stand there such long lines i've seen i've seen soldiers spit and throw water, like just a water bottle that they were drinking, and then just throw the rest of it in the faces of people at checkpoints who are actually in their own city trying to go to a mosque, but there's a checkpoint between the city and the mosque. I mean, it's just it's constant, constant military rule, military rule. This is a military ruled country. Um when I appreciate being on here because the equivalent that I would like to share is that talking about this and allowing for the Palestinian perspective is talking about South African apartheid and allowing for the black perspective, and we're not always doing that we're if can you imagine only talking to white people in South Africa about South African apartheid? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They're not the ones experiencing the apartheid um so we are trying to get our voices out there for this reason because we are the ones experiencing this. we in this case, I don't like to be a victim, but we are we are we're the victim here um, the evictions that occur. I met a man whose house was demolished five times. He's trying to build on his own land, but they say you're not allowed to build without a permit. You're going to ask for a permit from the Israeli government. They don't want to give you a permit, so you build anyway. What are you going to do? You've got more kids. You've got families. You're growing. Um, And then they go, oh, you built without a permit, so we're going to demolish your home. So they demolish the home. Sometimes they're actually able to get them completely off of the land. When they do that, they'll try as hard as they can to get back on that land. But if they can't get back on that land for three years, the government says, oh, you haven't tended to that land for three years. So now it's ours. And so there's this tactic between the military and the government where the military sweeps you off your land as much as they possibly can. And then you can't get back there for three years. And then the next thing you know, the government's like, well, you didn't use it. So it's ours now. That's a there's there there's this this is systemic they're doing this they're they know exactly what they're doing i mean they're they're not they're brilliant
0: so let's so let's talk about the the conflict because Mm -hmm. to be fair that video Mm -hmm. that we saw was Mm -hmm. from 2021 right Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the recent uh conflict that started Mm -hmm. on october 7th 7th Mm -hmm. right so I guess do because he mentioned that the the Hamas mm-hmm. has a lot of support from the Palestinians, mm-hmm. which makes sense according to what it is that, you know, you're saying that they're living under and what he was saying too. Um it's just kind of like, well, peace doesn't work. So this is probably the only way that we can change our day to day reality um, before the day of the attack. How did the people of Palestine regard Hamas?
2: Okay, so I need to explain that Hamas only governs Gaza. They don't govern the West Bank where okay. my family lives. They're okay. a political organization. they were elected. Why were they elected? They were elected because these are people who are under so much suffering and they are desperate. and Hamas, I, who I don't I don't support them. Mm-hmm. I don't like their ideology, but they were actually doing something. And Palestinian people were like, you know what? Somebody's fighting for us. So fine, go ahead. The things that Hamas did that was so awful on the 7th and the 8th, what frustrated me about that is Israel's been doing that for 75 years. So if you're going to be all up in flames about what Hamas did, fine, good. What they did was not okay. But then you have to also not be okay with what Israel's been doing because it's the exact same thing and worse. For seventy-five years, um, so they are there ruling in Gaza. They're a political organization. Fun fact: They're a political or- organization that only came about in I think nineteen eighty-seven, if I remember correctly. And the state of Israel's been around since nineteen forty-eight, so they've been doing this since before Hamas existed. And they helped support the the, the founding of Hamas because in other places, especially in the West Bank, um, we were looking for more secular liberal organizations political organizations to rule and that doesn't bode well for the state of israel they need extremism because now we have a we have an enemy now we can fight the look they're so they're so violent
0: that's what i was going to say is it the case that uh, it certainly seems this way but would you say that hamas gives israel an excuse to affect the the people the palestinian people does it give them license to now say okay well let's bomb all this stuff well, because what how about this so what i was told mm-hmm. is that hamas is a terrorist organization mm-hmm. i was told that hamas uses hospitals and schools and so forth as bases of operation and that israel has no choice but to attack these places strategically to root out the hamas threat and, you know, the, the what we we're talking about is seeing all these images of these, yeah, body parts of children.
2: Yeah,
0: um, you know, and and they they've admitted, like, hey, you know, we can't get everybody. There's some people who can't evacuate. No, that's just just kind of part and parcel to the war, but we're tra- we're specifically targeting Hamas. Do you feel like perhaps Israel is using Hamas as an excuse to?
2: Attack, oh 100 right.
0: so I, I figured you might say
2: 100 right. so first of all they've been doing this for a long time like mm-hmm. they didn't start bombing yesterday mm-hmm. this they've been bombing gaza for the last 17 years mm-hmm. um they love this they love that now hamas is such a great excuse i'm telling you this is a terrorist organization they're cowards who hide behind civilians we have to go and we have to bomb everything They completely, like, just if you think about it, just from a perspective of geography, they've completely decimated all of northern Gaza. That's the closest part to them. And they're slowly just going to move further and further south and just ethnically cleanse via genocide that entire region because they want that land. They want that entire region. And this is the easiest way for them to do it in Gaza. It's an open air prison. The UN deemed it uninhabitable. They don't have clean water. They haven't had clean water in years, but then they try. They don't have electricity without the permission of Israel. They can cut it off whenever they want. They use collective punishment to do that. Um, this is just a land grab, okay. the most violent land grab.
0: Um, so we have about two minutes left. I want to get your thoughts on Joe Biden's stance um, supporting Israel as and effectively. Mm-hmm distancing himself from the people of Palestine. How did that hit you? Or has there been a reaction from, you know, family, friends? Yeah,
2: my family's appalled, but not shocked Mm. that no, no American, I mean, Jimmy Carter is probably the only one that's ever really been supportive. Um, But no, they don't, they, he's, he's a puppet. He's an absolute puppet. And the president before him was a puppet and the president before him was a puppet. Um, They're puppets for the state of Israel. And how can they sit there and ask for peace and then give Israel 38 billion dollars which they Obama actually said we're going to give you 38 billion dollars over the next 10 years um how, how in what world are the Americans actually trying to negotiate peace between the two groups
1: yeah i was i was actually going to say the us government i don't think that's unique to joe biden no uh, our politicians in mass have stood in support and solidarity with Israel Mm -hmm. um, blindly Republicans and and Democrats. Yeah. And this attack, as you said, gives license to morally support in that way. Right. We all have to support, you know, uh, a response, Mm -hmm. an aggressive response to this terrorist act. Mm -hmm. So let's kill everybody. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, um, obviously, this is a much longer conversations, is, yeah. I feel like you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of mm-hmm. everything that needs to be articulated. Um, are you on social media? Do, I, I know you have your book. I, w- I want to make sure that you plug your book. But are you on social media? Anything like that? I where, am. You're following So please share with I me. I
2: am. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I've been sharing a lot. And I've had the opportunity to educate so many people who are saying, oh, my God, I had no idea. Thank you. And it's Suz Yatim Aslam. S-U-Z-Y-A-T-I-M-A-S-L-A-M.
0: Okay. All right. Made well, it complicated. Um, hopefully you'll stick around for the the next part of the show. I appreciate you giving us this insight because this is something that we definitely needed. Um, we needed an original fresh voice and you provided that. So thank you for Thank
2: that. you for the opportunity.